This episode of A Tiny Revolution is brought to you in part by Q Christian Fellowship. Join Q for the first ever virtual conference happening January 7th through the 10th, 2021, featuring keynote speakers like the father Richard Rohr, activist, theologian, and writer Dr. Robin Henderson Espinosa, womanist and black theology icon Dr. Emily Towns, the Reverend Mufotutu Van Firth, not only that, but you'll have the opportunity to hear from and connect with LGBTQ plus Christians and allies from all over the world, including yours truly. I've got a podcast that's going to be live there. I've got a talk that I'm giving alongside my good Judy Matthias Roberts. Um, it's it's really going to be like I, I know that we're all zoomed out. And we're all conferenced out. But this time, BB, this is going to be revolutionary for all of us. Uh, conference is an annual gathering where hundreds of LGBTQ Christians and allies gather for worship and fellowship, workshops, affinity gatherings, and experiencing more of the fullness of God's love and affirmation through each other. More than a conference, honestly, it's more than that. We're catalyzing a whole movement, and the virtual all-access registration is just 65 bucks, and that makes this the most accessible conference ever. So please visit qcfconf.org. That's QCF. C-O-N-F.org and make sure you register today. And if you want to take a little bit off, use the offer code TINYREV10. That's T-I-N-Y-R-E-V-1-0 to get 10 bucks off of your registration. Again, go to qcfconf.org, get registered, and we'll see you in there. All right, let's start the show. Baby, you know it's that time again. The co- consistently inconsistent podcast called A Tiny Revolution with me, Kevin G. Ugh, I've never wanted, I've, I've always wanted to say me, Kevin G, but it's always sounded weird. Anyways, hi, welcome to another episode. This is episode 126 of A Tiny Revolution, and I am Kevin Garcia, and I am dealing deeply with my depression right now. How about you? How's your seasonal affective disorder? affecting you this season comment below i'd love to know um if you've been on the social medias with me you know that i have been taking a little bit of space back to not be productive and i think that's honestly what this entire year has taught me is that there cannot like if there is a sense of urgency about it um i need to really really analyze it because there's very few things in this life that are urgent you know what i'm saying helping save people's lives that's urgent Getting vaccines into into the arms of all the humans, that's urgent. But when it comes to producing content, um, when it comes to trying to get the next thing done, if I'm rushing to get it done, that is data for me to respond to. And so it's Yule, you know, Yule Tide, you know, 12 days of Christmas, if you will. I'm somebody who like I, I get my like my end of admit kicks starting on the 21st um, as on the darkest night of the year that we just went through. And I guess it just it's super appropriate to have uh, to be featuring this conversation today with uh, one of my internet friends, Kyle Gray. Um, Kyle Gray is an incredible human with some incredible gifts. And um, I'm not going to lie when I was listening back to this podcast. I was I was I was afraid to listen back to it because I was so nervous when I was originally talking with him because I was admittedly a little bit fangirling and I'm just like I don't I, I, do you know who you are and I don't know I felt a little embarrassed but let me tell you what 
sometimes that's exactly where I need to be, just to be reminded that, you know what, Kevin, you are a geek and a nerd, and sometimes you're not going to nail it. I don't know why I'm disqualifying this conversation before we even listen to it. That's silly. Anyway, it is a great conversation. I just remember being so nervous for it because um, <clears throat> um, Kyle's work is dope. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about him uh, in just a second. But before we dive into that, you know, you heard the the deal with Q Christian Fellowship. It's coming up in just a couple of weeks. And you can use that offer code TINYREV10 and get yourself a little bit of off registration making. I think that like makes registration like 55 bucks, which is like super cheap. That's like the cheap. That's the most affordable Q conference ever. And um, you're not going to want to miss this year. Honestly, the talent, the conversation. I mean, it's fucking Richard Rohr. If you don't know who Richard Rohr is, baby, go pick up a copy of The Immortal Diamond, baby. You know, go pick up a, a, a copy of like um, Falling Up, Falling Upward, I think is what it's called. Um, anyways, but we're not here to talk about all that stuff. The other thing I want to talk about is um, I've got uh, a number um, now that you can text me at, and I'm going to look, uh, I, I got this new app. It's called community. And what it allows me to do is connect more to you. So if you want to text me, you can text me at 757-530-7182. Um, I'm going to respond as often as possible to folks. Um, but it's a way for me to share with you the newest projects I've got going on, interact more with you. If you've got questions that you want answered or need answered, or you need to be connected with more resources, please reach out. And um, I'm going to be responding as often as possible, which so far it's pretty manageable. It's just like texting with friends. So again, that number is 757-530-7182. Standard text messaging and data rates apply, etc. So go get into that. Not only uh, do I got a number, I've got a merch store that's live um, and you can go to the kevingarcia.com slash merch, get that. I'm working on the audiobook finally for Bad Theology Kills because I finally went through and edited it, finally got all the proofreading mistakes done. And I also added an entire section to the last chapter or second to last chapter um, on gun violence because I wrote this book at the beginning of 2020 before, and I was like, I gotta stay in my lane. I can't, if I talk about certain things, I'm not gonna do it. But then I realized as this year went on and as I got really into um, revising the book that conversations about how this is tied up in, in racial inequity um, and how we can better understand and talk to our family about the bad theology that is racism and capitalism and heterosexist patriarchy. Um, got more into that. So I am in love with this. Um, I guess we're, we're going to call it a second edition and it's going to be coming out hopefully before the end of the year, but January at the latest. And then the audiobook. look for it dropping at the end of January. God, do I have anything else? Yeah. Kevin, just a few things. It's one of those. It's so funny because like I'm sitting here naming off all these things I've got going on. And I'm also the person who is condemning myself the most for not being able to get shit done. L O L had myself. Anyways, that's all the shit about my shit. So let's talk about Kyle Gray's shit, the other KG in the world. Kyle Gray is a spiritual teacher with a little bit of a difference. He's got sharp wit and a need for truth and a desire to shed light upon some of the more complex spiritual subjects uh, that the world has ever seen. And Kyle has become one of the most sought after experts in their field. Um, in his field. I, don't, I, I have this bad habit of changing all pronouns to gender neutral, or not gender neutral, to like just they, them. Uh, you try, it for, try it for yourself. If you have trouble using they, them pronouns for your non-binary friends uh, and family, just they for a day, for everybody, just to try it out. 
It's a lot easier than you think. Anyways, um, Kyle has been having incredible spiritual experiences since he was very, very young. And we actually get into that on the podcast um, where I, I also, um, you know, twice over forget where he's from because I was a so nervous. And also fun fact, at the time that this conversation was recorded, it was like right as lockdown was beginning. So like way back, you know, 40,000 years ago at the beginning of 2020. And this was also the day I started getting incredibly sick Um, and ended up in the hospital later and, you know, forgot all about this lovely conversation that we had. Um, so yeah, it's, it was a lifetime ago. So if it feels like this sounds like this was from the beginning of 2020, it's because it was from the beginning of 2020. Um, Kyle, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation and to everybody else, uh, grab yourself something to drink. Uh, maybe it's the morning time. Currently I'm drinking iced coffee, coconut milk in it. Cause I'm just bougie like that. I don't know if coconut milk is bougie anymore. Anyways, um, grab a friend, tell a friend and let's, yeah, let's chill. This is a conversation with one of my internet friends, Kyle Gray. Are you sitting outside? No, I am sitting uh, inside of a room oh, that has a lot of... Screen. Sorry? Is that a green screen behind you? No, this is just a wall. This is an actual wall. Oh, you're in... It looks like you're outside. Oh, yeah. Oh, so I'm inside this lovely little oh, kitchen okay. situation. Um, that has... cool. I like. I like how you have the brick. That's very cool. Yeah, so fun. I live on a seminary campus. I'm finishing up my graduate degree. Oh, you are? Yeah. That's so fun. Yeah. Um, Masters of Arts in Practical Theology. Awesome. Um, preached my last sermon last week, and, I'm, and they didn't—they didn't burn me at the stake. So I'm like, all right, like. Congratulations. Thank you. I am the winner of this challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that you said that. I was like, ah, oh, now I know I'm with Ken right now. <laughs> um, hi. Also, thanks for for a. Thanks for being available and wanting to do this. That's super yeah, no, I totally wanted to do it. I just, I'm uh, the worst at scheduling in the planet. It's not like you or got like a bazillion things going on. So like, <laughs> no one's, no one's incredibly worried about it. Um, uh, but I'm really thankful. And also like, you're very disarming, which is really nice because I have low key, I will confess, low key been nervous to talk to you. Oh and really? I, That's funny. And I know I don't need to. It's like I have all of, you know, you you see someone on the internet who you A, respect, uh, B, like, and then they crack a joke on the first, you know, five minutes and it's like, ah. I can. <laughs> yeah. So does it sound clear okay? Because I've got like a Yeti set up. Oh yeah, same here. So you sound delightful. I didn't realize this is such a funny thing. So for like about a year, I'd been sitting like this mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that I could just put it out of sight rather than chew into a phallic looking. And rather, getting, rather than getting really up close and doing ASMR oh, no. for everyone in the room. Not your thing. Triggering. <laughs> <laughs> All right, duly noted, don't, whis- don't ever whisper in Kyle's ear, you guys, even if it's something from the you Lord. Know why? I'll tell you why. So when, when I when I first got, you know, 
out there. Mm-hmm. I had a book called The Angel Whisperer and I had a column called The Angel Whisperer. So people constantly mocked me and came up and were like, I'm an angel. Just to like bully me. So it's now I'm fucked just, up. It's so funny now, but at the time I was like, fucking bastards. Like you guys. But, but here's the thing is that like, your ass is laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> and so like that's what i always got to remember is just like anytime an asshole comes out of the woodwork and says something rude to me on the internet like most of my youtube views are hate views from oh, my con- really? oh yeah conservative like my youtube found its way into like conservative christian reddit land oh wow. oh reddit oh, oh yeah she's a dark beast that's like that craigslist <laughs> oh, my- oh my god is reddit the craigslist for straight people <laughs> Like is that what is that what this is? We just had a breakthrough, you guys. That's what I was. No. Hey, well, uh, on your next time you come back on the show, like I'm expecting like a full investigative report. I need you to take a break from like you know, take a break from like you know something that's like important in like helping humanity and really help me crack this case, Kyle. That is what God is calling you to in this day. Jesus. <laughs> um yeah so i guess do you want to like jump into an actual conversation about yeah really i mean your leadership lead away great um i'm super like i don't give i usually don't ever go into interviews with plans which is i was like i was like i'm just gonna send them some questions that was part of my nerves i read that at like midnight so i was just like i'll just trust you know yeah it was there was a good thing because we could i could pick your brain about a thousand things Cause you're what, 32, 33, 34? 32, 32. 32. Yeah. Um, Jesus year next year. Sorry? My Jesus year is next year. Listen, are you ready to get crucified? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I just turned 30 this year. And, and by 30, I mean like last year, uh, November. So like super late. <clears throat> you're such? Oh no, I'm a Scorpio baby. Oh, Not you're a Scorpio. Well. Okay, cool. All the way through. Now you have to exchange. You can't just like ask my sign oh, and not tell yours. I'm Piscean Pisces. Mm, listen, you better come through with a lot of emotion. Do you have Leo in your chart with the hair? Um, no, it's very interesting. No, that's just the Irish part of my family. The other oh. half of my family is Mexican, so it's really oh, yeah. confusing for a lot of people. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. you're like a, a ginger Mexican. I know. Yeah. We're more common than I thought, though. I have a, I've met a few. I love a, that. Listen, being ginger and being Mexican, it's, it offers a lot of uh, a lot of fun. Our fam- I didn't know, um, like I knew my dad was Mexican, but we didn't know his family, but then we did the whole ancestry situation. Mm. Found out that we have Mexican and Filipino in that part of my family. Bro. And then we've got Dutch Irish roots and you know, like your typical like white Western European mix. Um, but it was really, really cool because when we, uh, I found out who my grandmother was, and uh, then after my father died, I started doing altar work around ancestor, uh, ancestor worship and veneration. And okay. she became one of my guides. And I'm like, this, this is weird and so cool. Mm. Uh, but it's like, where, like I, I, there's this woman who I'm getting to know even after she's not in her body. That's fucking dope. Very cool. Yeah. And what's really nice is I can say that aloud to you and you didn't even like wince or anything. You're like, yeah, "Yeah, I'm here for it. (laughs) Um, 
But yeah, so Mr. Gray. Yes. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Gray. Um, you, uh, you're, you're an Irishman. Scotsman. You, Scotsman. I apologize wholeheartedly. Wrong and side of the, the, the water. Yeah, I was shit at geography now, shit at geography then. I, here's the thing. I can't, like, I know generally where all 50 states are, but, like, up in the north, the north, it's like, they're this big. I don't know where anything is ever. It's so funny because this is, this is cheeky, but I, I really think this is a thing where Americans don't think any other place exists outside of America. 100 fucking percent America. Like, here's the thing. Uh, with the way things are going right now, I'm currently I'm, I'm shopping around for asylum, baby. I'm so cheeky. <laughs> but I've noticed that because um, I know quite a lot of where America is. But then when I speak about where I live, they're like, "So mm. you're from the UK?" I'm like, "Well, I'm from Scotland, which is a country in the UK." Mm. And, and so often that's a, an interesting. You're just like, guys, it's <laughs> different. Like that's when you get up close to their microphone and say, "It's different." <laughs> <laughs> when you whisper back in their ears yeah exactly um scotsman so please forgive me um i'll make it i'll make it up to you i swear scotsman uh a, a angel expert self-love speaker light warrior best-selling author oracle deck creator um seems to be a nice guy on top of everything else and uh and now rainbow you're really flag holder hey what rainbow flag holder rainbow flag oh <laughs> oh my god are you is this is this where you're coming out are you coming out to me right now on the air <laughs> guys i'm gay <laughs> oh my god you guys <laughs> listen what is what did the lord say he said you know salvation has come to the this house this day for even this one was a son of abraham hallelujah Come on, somebody. <laughs> yeah. Things you gotta know about me. I grew up evangelical in the South, in America. And so I have grown up with a Bible in one hand. Are you okay? Um, <laughs> well, here's the thing. I'm finishing up a degree in Christian theology. So it either says um, I'm liberated or my religious trauma has severely affected me. So, you know, it's really a toss up at this and point. And you realize you, you, you have, there was something that you wrote and you don't realize I have more involvement in that world than you realize. Okay, and see now, okay, I'm listening. I'm not gonna judge anything that's coming. No, because I think you would be interested to hear. All right, all ears. Oh no, I just, no, just because you said how I am, you know, the questionnaire you sent ahead of this conversation. Oh yeah. You know, because you hadn't really come from a religious background, but my mm. my mum's sister married mm. a preacher from the Closed Brethren. What the fuck is the Closed Brethren? Closed Brethren's kind of like an evangelical um, church, and the, the you're it's, it's closed because it's like you have to be invited to join. It's like okay, a, where I come from, that's called a cult. Oh, yeah, but it's not. It's well, I suppose it is, but it isn't. It's um, a lot of a lot of churches and evangelicals. I think are like cult adjacent sometimes. But again, I don't know this. I'm going to listen to your story. I apologize. Well, I I um, I just need to Google it because like I went, I grew up going to that church. I was the kid that changed the sheet when they were singing the music. You know, change. Uh, they call them the Plymouth Bre- Brethren now. 
like like, like, uh, like Plymouth Rock? They're a distinguished, yeah, anyway, they were part of this brethren, which is like a newborn Christian church, the Church of God. Ah, uh, okay. I see where that's... So I, I actually had quite a lot of um, experience of that world. I went to... Uh, I was I went to the Boys Brigade, which was like a Christian organization, like a Protestant Christian organization growing up, like taught you to march and all these weird things. And then it's kind of like Cub Scouts, but for Christians. And then, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, but I came from a very loose Christian household. So like my actual parents weren't really bothered, but it was just mm-hmm. like social clubs and mm-hmm. And then eventually from a single parent household. So I would go to these places because it was basically mm-hmm. childcare. I mean, yeah. <laughs> as, one who is, as one who is not a parent myself, I'm just like, I don't make any comments about anybody else's parenting. No, because it was, I got to hang out with my cousins every, every. Oh, know. that's dope. Yeah, how that's many, the thing. So it's cool. Yeah. How many cousins do you have? Well, there was there was five. There was five, yeah, in that family. Okay, I am the I'm the ninth of ten grandchildren, and I grew up. We all grew up in the same town, practically on the same street. Oh wow! And so, anyway, sorry. This is where my ADD brain and like but only two hours of sleep comes in. That I know the whole. I've definitely been on. I've been initiated in the circles that believe you have to be saved in order to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. I. And so, so you've always been in this world where you've had this connection to spirit because like you've told the story in like numerous places. Like the first, you had the first supernatural encounter. You were, I can't remember, you said you saw an angel at a party that you were just like doing random readings for. Well, yeah, I actually had a spiritual experience way before then. My mm. first experience, I was four oh, yeah. years old. And That's I- right. After I had, I had a virus called Guillain-Barre syndrome. So I was paralyzed in a wheelchair when I was a kid. Shit. And my grandmother was also in a wheelchair at the same time in the same house. And then she um, had to be moved into palliative care. And I woke up for the night and she was in my room and she tickled my back. And it was actually the night she passed away. Mm. So that was like my initial exposure to having something spiritual go on. And from then onwards, I've had a deep questioning as to the greater Mm -hmm. unfolding as to, you know, why we exist and also um, why I had seen her because, you know, I was a Sunday school kid at the same time and so had been brought up with this concept where heaven is a place you go mm-hmm. and you don't get to see anyone until you're there and so right. there, there was always this initial questioning inside of me like why did i then have that experience mm-hmm. am i being told something that's wrong mm-hmm. you know so there was always these questions that yeah. me until teenage years and i had been going to sunday school and i really loved the whole I became a Sunday school leader and, you know, like... Yeah, you did. Come on, youth group leader. Yeah, but it, it was really loose for me. It was just like, what? it was just part of the thing. It, it didn't feel... I didn't feel segregated or mm-hmm. excluded. It was quite fun for me, but there, there was a lot of rules. And then I... It was... I got to that point in my teenage life where i become a little bit different from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I discovered Buffy... And so my 
Barf said, listen, she is a gateway drug into gothicness and homosexuality. I'll tell you what. Right. And so Buffy had become like the, the crossroads for me in my journey with Christianity. So I actually got out very soon, very early because for you. my Sunday school leader had said to me, well, it's God or Buffy and I chose Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's rich. That's so funny. It is good. And it worked out gorgeously. Yeah. I mean, just like, again, like, like who's, <laughs> I always, I always think back to those moments when people are just like, you know, they say, you have to choose God or this. And like, I'm looking back at the moment, just like, I'm so glad I bet on myself. <laughs> that's, first of all, that's so funny and so wonderful. And also I think probably like, probably speaks was like, you know, if you want to talk about my spirituality, it's Jesus and Buffy just mixed into one. <laughs> and a lot more. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And so since you had that experience, you have read a shit ton of books about your experiences with mm -hmm. the spirit, with spirit. Um, and I just binged listen to light warrior. Um, Cause I just was like, I need to like really get into your head and not just what I see on the socials and whatnot. And I gotta tell you, I underestimated you because here's my thing. I love when people spread any sort of message that gives people a lot of hope and allows people to step into that. Rarely do I find that folks who live in this world deal with things like suffering. Um, and one thing I appreciated in your book is you talked about, it's just like, we don't know why things happen the way they do. Right. Just know that we are in charge of responding to them. And so I just wanted to talk about, like, I wanted to ask, like, when did you become aware that suffering had to be a question we address in our work? <clears throat> I think that there was really, well, there was, there's a, there's a lot to that. You know, I made a majority of my income in life and built up my, I suppose, reputation off, mm. off of doing angel readings for people. And, you know, I wasn't just doing readings for people who were like, oh my God, is my third eye chakra open? I was doing a lot mm. of sessions for people who had um, lost children. I was involved mm. in missing persons. I was dealing with, um, I was pulled into a murder case. So there was like, there was stuff happening there. And then, you know, there was a lot of deep questioning for me. Like, how, who am I to say everything happens for a reason or this was orchestrated mm -hmm. when here's this like innocent kid that was just like wiped off of the earth, mm -hmm. you know, and there's no way we can understand why that happened. And so I realized very early on in my journey and in my career that I really needed to also understand that my aloof languaging around something that can be very spiritual could also be very mm -hmm. triggering and harmful to someone. Right. And so it really sent me down that wormhole of trying to figure out um, how I can lead people in that. You know, I think that is, I didn't necessarily realize that I was going to be in a leadership position mm. and all of a sudden find myself in a leadership position. So I wanted to start saying, well, this is, this isn't, me going to be able to tell you all the answers but what we can do is assemble a response mm -hmm. you know and it, it reminds me of like louise hay 
Mm. You know, like Louise Hayes, like a big teacher for me. And there's some of her ashes in this room. And like there was something in her initial journey of working with men who had been diagnosed with AIDS and Mm -hmm. she was like really wanted to help them. She said, we're going to take a positive response. And it was the word response Mm -hmm. that really like lit something up in me because Mm -hmm. it's, it's how we respond to something. And that can be an action and in non-action. Yes. That that really makes the difference. And that's what I set out to do. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. I think that is whenever I'm working with people, the majority of the people I work with are like post evangelical post like fundamentalist religious folks who are like deconstructing faith. And it's like, okay, how do I stop being angry at God? Right. And I'm like, girl, you were never angry at God. You were angry at the people you thought were God. Mm. Um, But the thing I noticed is that a lot of times when we're helping people process suffering, it's just a matter of, it's just a matter of like being able to say like, Hey, what happened to you hurt? Didn't it? Yes, it hurt. Right. Tell me, tell me what I think there's a, a, an aspect, I think, especially in our generation of people who are hungry to finally process these traumas that have like come upon us like generation after generation after generation. And I think even now, like during, you know, stay at home orders across the world, so many people are starting to turn towards personal practice as a way of grounding themselves and saying, saying, and also I'm seeing like, at least in America, Hmm. uh, churches are seen as a non-essential service. And I'm like, this is interesting to me. Cause like, I see that because evangelicals are the one who are raising their voice the most, like it's our right to have church services on Sunday morning. Um, and uh, there it is. Cash money, baby. Anyways, I'll, I'll rant on forever. But speaking of... I just want to touch on something. Yeah, bring it on. Sorry. Helpful is one thing that's been really beneficial for me is also telling people that they have a right to feel sore. You know, mm-hmm. like there's this idea in spirituality where you have to be positive all the time. And, mm. and, and people actually try and construe my work to be like that like because there's a lot of lightness on and a lot of the subjects that I talk about and and a part of the reason is I don't think we always have to be on the front lines in every single moment Mm -hmm. which is a big thing and so but I think a lot of people who are feeling sore instantly recognize that this is not their natural state of being and they want to get away from it Mm -hmm. like I want to be a positive light in the world but I think in order to fully be that, you have to experience mm-hmm. the opposite, you know? Yes. So, you know, one thing I always say to people is you have a, you have a right to feel hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something in that. And having the right to feel hurt, the right to... I think that's something, um, at least in Western culture, that has been bred out of so many people because uh, emotions aren't rational necessarily emotions aren't convenient and Hmm. so I think for my journey especially especially over the past two years but over the past five years um has been about unlearning that lie like you know the lie is just like boys don't cry 
You know? Oh, okay. Like boys don't cry. This is what it means to be a good person. This is what it means to be a spiritual person. And so it's like constantly unlearning, just like, oh, your anger is not unholy. Your anger is a signpost pointing you back towards yourself. Mm. And I think that's like what, in some ways, I think good spirituality does is give permission to feel every single piece of who you are. Yeah. Don't jinx me, you owe me a soda. Did you guys say that? Or you see jinx, yeah. Uh, well, down south we say, jinx, you owe me a soda, or you owe me a Coke, because every soda's a Coke. Oh, really? Uh, I mean, depends on where you're from. At least in Texas it is, but I'm in we Georgia. Call, we call soda here juice. Juice? Mm-hmm. J-U-I-C-E? Yeah. That's not right. That's not a juice. <laughs> yeah, they call it a juice. Mm-hmm. What else, okay, what other weird Scottish UK words? Like, What other Queen's English words do I need to know? I mean, I have no idea, but that's just one of them. Like, because you know in Scotland they speak Scots, so we speak a short form English. I actually didn't know this. Say more about this. Oh, yeah, it's just like there's a dialect, especially in Glasgow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're called Ouija's. Ouija's? Ouija, yes. It means Glaswegian, a Ouija. And I have a, I have a Glaswegian accent. Noted. If you hear me see, speak to another Scots person, I'll start speaking in a different dialect. And I'll be like, yeah, it's, I think it's English, but it's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's Fun. dope. Yeah. Scots words are cool. Uh, well, but I, I was like trying to think of them, but I'm trying to think of them, but all the ones that just come straight to mind are, um, are uh, insults. <laughs> Listen, that's what I need to know because a good one for you um, to tell someone to be quiet is "hod your wished." Hold your wished. Ah, uh, so it's "hod" H O D. Hod. Yeah, which means yours. Yeah, and then "wished" means mouth. Wished your wished. Hod your wished. Yeah. <laughs> that is that's cute i'm into that <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna go back and listen to it and practice it and come back try it again next time yeah uh can i talk can i talk to you about jesus yeah sure okay so that was one thing that also surprised the hell out of me listening <laughs> to your book because i am one of the humans in my life i met jesus at nine years old when i got baptized and like said i believe jesus is my savior the whole nine crying at Jesus camp in the backwoods fun time and having this really, really intense experience, like emotionally just feeling this connection to spirit that I now know was Holy Spirit. But at the time I was just like, Oh my God, God's amazing. Um, so like I, Jesus has been my teacher since I was nine years old and that's never changed. Even in the moments when I didn't feel close to God or close to the church, I knew Jesus was still somehow mm-hmm. with me. Uh, and that's a pretty common story for uh, people who grew up like in my shoes. Right. How did you get to know Jesus? When did he show up for you? I'm just, I'm so curious. I also just want to like, for me, my Jesus is not necessarily the Christian Jesus. And oh, neither is mine. You know, I always like to kind of, when I, when I just, when I use layman's terms, if I'm speaking, cause I have a Jesus tattooed on my chest. Right. And so there's like this big jesus on my face and a lot of people um often are like whoa you have a jesus tattooed on your so you lack religious i'm covered in religious artwork but it's 
there's like Buddhist deities. I mean, yeah, that was um. Whenever I make that Southern accent, that's me making fun of. I know, people. I got it. But okay. I just, just want to say, so I always describe my Jesus to like someone who might not know me that well. I'll say mm. the Da Vinci Code Jesus. Uh, that's usually what I say to people. Yes. So I, I want to get that clear. Um, Jesus for me is one of many masters. Mm. And, yes. and I really like to just see that as that. And Jesus is a vehicle to mm-hmm. Christ, but mm-hmm. is a different thing for me. So like Christ is like ultimately the ultimate reality. It's like the, the everything that is and never will be. Mm-hmm. And I think Jesus and the Buddha and many other teachers all embody the same thing. Uh, oh yeah. You're talking my language. But I also feel like many of us are now embodying it in our own way, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that their stories are important. Mm. And I think that the reason I felt so connected to Jesus, it, it kind of something that came and went, because like, I really did do a deep dive on um, like earth-based spirituality mm. and really dabbled in many different things. But there was something that really ha- came up for me was I realized there was a connection to Christ when I was dealing with dark stuff and mm. like going places and, and come, coming up against energies that didn't feel friendly. And the first thing that always came to my mind was Christ or Jesus. And mm. I was like, there's got to be something in that. Uh, so I think all through my journey, there's always been a connection to Christ, probably from like Sunday school and learning mm. about that and like, you know, being there. But when I feel back to like that, Jesus and the Jesus that mm. I've kind of come to know, there, there definitely is a distinction. Like the Christ in my mind feels very much human. And mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm so drawn to the most is yes. the fact that this is someone that probably fucked up in their life and made mistakes. Oh, I can tell you where Jesus fucked up in the Bible, Brenda. <laughs> do, do, you know, do you remember the story of the Syrophoenician woman? Do you know this one? No. <laughs> okay. Jesus was walking along the road with his 12 disciples and a woman, a Syrophoenician woman, whom Jews do not hang out with because they're mixed, and she was a woman, calls out, have mercy on me, son of David. And the disciples are like, Jesus, like this woman's like really annoying. Can you send her away, please? And Jesus, <laughs> okay, guys. it's okay, guys, I got this. So Jesus goes up to her and says, hey, girl, I'm so sorry. I've only come from the lost sheep of Israel. Can't help you right now. It's not your time. And she said, have mercy on me, son of David, because just like, you know, like uh, my, my daughter is dying. I know that if you do something about this, she will live. And Jesus says, it would be wrong for me to take the bread from the children and give it to the dogs. And the woman said, even the, the, the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. And it's in this moment that this woman is turning a mirror towards Jesus saying, do you see what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And also saying just like, no, I demand that you see me fully and wholly as worthy of the same miracle that I know that you can impart. Why would you deny God in me? And Jesus is convicted and says, you know what? <laughs> He's just like, you know what, woman? Great is your faith and it shall, be do- it shall be done as you said. Right. Jesus had his mind changed by a non-Jewish woman. And right. from this point that I look at that, I'm just like, if Jesus, Jesus was wrong, 
But Jesus also, when presented with something new, changed his mind. And that, my friend, is called a miracle, baby. Whoa! Yep. (sighs) That's like, among other reasons, that's why I love Jesus is because I find a compassionate teacher, one who uh, picked the people who were second best and just people who like, you know, got counted out. And then also just like was is ex- continuously expanding this circle, even after he died. I mean, look at us. We like we shouldn't be in the circle of Jesus. And yet here he is saying, just like, listen, do not call unclean what I've called clean, baby. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I definitely love that human aspect, you know, mm-hmm. and the fact that and, and a, a big part to play in all of that was also like my instant love affair with Mary Magdalene, which was something that, again, was all initiated from the Da Vinci Code, which was, that's how it really got into all of that. Uh, It was a book that my dad bought me, you know, for my, Mm. like, birthday, and and I just got so into it. Mm -hmm. So that really initiated me to see the story differently. Uh, It's a good good book, that. They were burning that book at my church. (laughs) So cool. Yeah, we were having a great time. Well, it's so cool that they, they burnt the book because it means they bought it, so they still gave him his money. Yeah, I'm just like, listen, he's laughing all the way to the bank. That's like the same, like, right with it, they were also burning Harry Potter books, like, too. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. My uncle was the pastor of our church, and he actually told us that since Harry Potter came out, uh, children were running away to Mexico to a magic school, and I asked, where is that bus stop, and how do I get a ticket? Because I'm ready <laughs> to run away to Mexico and become a witch. Wow. Also, speaking of Jesus mm-hmm. and the human aspect of Jesus and Jesus getting pissed and all that other good stuff, there is a, a story that you tell in Light Warrior where you're at this ashram and you kick everybody's ass for a good minute. <laughs> and I think like, hey, I'm just like, I think I'm turned on right now. I don't know what's happening. There's something happening. Right here, I'm just like, listen, righteous anger, baby. Nothing like it, nothing like it. But I was wondering if you could tell me like, hmm. even in your, like even in your journey outside, cause like I, I've been sticking around in like conservative, you know, rescuing babies from fundamentalism. That's where hmm. I live. But you've been out there in this place and even in, I think something that people don't recognize is that even within new age spiritual movements are like, mm-hmm non-denominational uh, spiritual movement. And I feel embracing of the word new age, like that feels good to me. Some people use that mm-hmm. as a negative connotation, but I'm a new ager, like that is it. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's your spiritual identity. Like if someone was to like, what is your spiritual identity? I'd be like, I'm a new ager, that's mm-hmm. why I am. And I fully embrace the, the word new age, it feels good to me. That's good. That on the top right-hand corner of my book, I'm gonna, I'm gonna own it. Mm. I, okay, that is good to know. Also, that's good. That's, that's permission giving for so many people because you say that around, around, again, you living in the South in America, people are just like, oh, you're one of the new agers. It's like you're worshiping Satan, dancing in the moonlight. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't worship Satan until October. Like it's a, it's a, there's a wheel of the year. It's a whole thing. No, that's so funny. This is not part of my, my mindset. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, like, it's very, it's very interesting to like growing up evangelical and then 
I mean, like I've been studying theology since I was like 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I didn't really read twilight with everybody else. I was reading like, you missed out. <sighs> See, but, but this is the second time that twilight has come up in conversation in the past <laughs> few days. And I'm like, I didn't actually read it. I just watched the movies. I mean, I watched the first two movies and then it just got... No! Yeah. You, you, oh, you, you need to finish. <laughs> Wait till you're hungover, order a Domino's and then watch it. You'll be fine. Oh my gosh. Okay, absolutely. All right, we'll put that on. <laughs> Domino's <sighs> tastes better in the US as well because it's got more chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the damn truth. There's a lot of... Uh... See, I've been trying to do that like... Um... I want to see this is this is where like I'm gonna get a little crucified. I might edit this out later because it's my podcast and I can do what I want. Uh, but I'm definitely I got Chick Fil A for breakfast today because. <laughs> Listen, my mom have that here. It's illegal. <laughs> um, as it should be because it's so delicious. It should be illegal. Oh my god! That's but so- that's the thing. It's just like I like I can't believe like it's uh I, in. In quarantine time, I'm letting my own moral rules bend ever so oh, slightly. Yeah, we don't have anything like that open. That's funny. Now I think about it. Oh yeah, we um we everywhere everywhere is takeaway. So like okay. um you order it ahead of time, they bring it out to your car. It's like very low oh, contact. Wow. wow. Oh yeah, because like I'm not stupid, so I go out in a mask and gloves and the whole thing. But tell you what, <laughs> that Chick Fil A chicken biscuit, wee. Funny, because also like I grew up. My mother I had was biscuits. This this day a year ago today, weirdly I was in New York and I was supposed to be in Florida right now, and uh, I tried a biscuit, a Southern biscuit for the first time a, a year ago today because I got the the photo memories came up, Aww. and I Honey. I just didn't get it. It just didn't make sense to me. So you had it, and your reaction was, I don't get it. Yeah, it was like whose biscuits did you have? I um, it was kind of a fancy chef too. What, Fuck what, a fancy chef! Did you ever ha- did some grandma make you a biscuit? No, it was um. Oh, what does what's the guy called? Yeah, the, he ABC Carpet and Home have a restaurant inside. What's it called? Oh, Jean Georges. You know the chef Jean Georges. <laughs> Listen. I'll tell you what, Jean Georges, I'm sure, makes a fabulous biscuit, but he doesn't make anything like what my grandmother made. It was and like it looked like a scone, what we call a scone. Yeah, see that that's that's because you got you had somebody in the north. Somebody in the north made you a biscuit. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. And it like peeled like layers, like like layers. That is a version of a biscuit. My version of a biscuit is it's fluffy and flaky. But like it's just one big mass, and there's so much butter in it that like you're probably gonna like you know if you're like on the edge of type two diabetes, I would say like take a step back. I love butter. I'm keto, mm. so I eat all that stuff. Oh, thank God. Thank but not God. Butter. Yeah. Let me tell you what. Oh well, listen. Let me tell you what. I know. I'll find my. I have. A, I have a friend who's like keto master, and he made these keto biscuits. Oh. Out of almond, uh, almond flour. Yeah, that's right. Very best cool. should have, best best keto biscuit I've ever had. But, but anyways, anyway, we keep going off in one. It's fine. Listen, next time you're in America, I'll um I'll cook you a good southern breakfast. And a biscuit and a biscuit in the UK is what you call a cookie. Yes, I did know that. Okay. Um, the, you guys have this also other thing. The low key word. F- Never mind. I'm going to say it. Never mind. Never mind. Are you also ecstasy in the club? They call it a biscuit. A biscuit? Yeah. That's actually a cute name for a drug. 
I know, yeah. I know that like we should like, I'm not, I'm not, listen, if you're someone in recovery, don't do drugs. I'm not glorifying or endorsing all drug use, but you know, like I'm not here to shame people either. So, um, done them. do what? I never done it. I never did the drugs thing. You never did the drugs thing? No, it just wasn't on my radar. Mm, good for you. It's, coffee, uh, if, if coffee can, you know, uh, caffeine's, it's a gateway drug, right? Right. No, like I didn't, uh, I won't say that like a. This is this is where like people goes like I'm a, I'm an active cannabis user. We live for it, and I'm also big on the legalization of it for multiple purposes. And as a as a matter of like justice for Black people, it needs to be legalized and changed. Right. Um, Amen to that. But there's so it's very interesting, especially because like uh, I've had experiences <laughs> using psychedelics where I've had incredible spiritual experiences where like <sighs> I saw magic and I don't know how to explain it beyond that and it was I, like like I was looking like every single time I look at a tree now I remember I can I can still see it like even though like it's not like in my visual eye it's here mm-hmm. and so like anytime I can just remember I'm ba- already back there and it's the most magical beautiful thing so I always tell people just like, you gotta be, and I will say like that experience wouldn't have happened if I hadn't done my work ahead of time, like spiritual internal work. Right. Cause I know so many people who just like want to take LSD or shrooms and just like, Oh, I'm going to escape from my problems. I'm just like, no dude, this is the thing that wants to bring up what's exactly inside. One time I was really offended by someone like coming up to me. I used to DJ. Like that was my thing. I, DJs and clubs and all these things. Yes, you did. Okay, can I just say like like this picture? Like now I can just see it of you like yeah. in some sort of like tank top situation and bleach tips. <laughs> well, just I used going to be, in. But then I was. I remember being in a club one time, and someone came up to me and like, "Hey, do you want to?" It was a friend who had never been against what I've been doing for all those years, and but was maybe not fully in, on board with it. Mm-hmm. And then they came up to me and they were like, hey, I've been doing DMT and now I like totally get what you ha- do. And like, do you want to come back to this party tonight? Cause we're going to take some DMT together. And I was like, don't ever insult me again. I spent 14 fucking years meditating to get this open. Like, and mm. just like, it was just like so frustrating to me that someone thinks they're just going to like smoke oh. something through a crack pipe and then reach that, mm. that, that level of connection that I've been fucking busting my ass out on, you know, so it really pissed me off. And the thing about it is, is that, <laughs> I, listen, be as angry as you want to be. Like, again, like, like that, that really, that, that gets me still to this day. Like a lot of people are like, oh my God, I've done ayahuasca and I'm now initiated. And I'm like, whoa, well, that's really insulting to everyone else who's really spent a lot of time trying to get there without mm. support. You know, it's what, yeah, it's one of those things where it's just like these different sort of plant medicine tools that we have available to us. Uh, just respect the lineage. That's what I think. Yes. And also remember, there's no shortcut in spirituality. There's no short, there's no shortcut. Like there's no hierarchy in spirituality, but there's no, but there is no shortcut on the journey. Like every step is one step in front of the other. And you can like use one of these tools and maybe have a glimpse of 
spirit, God, like, you know, like your highest potential or something on the other side of that. And so many people are not, they, they haven't built the container inside of themselves to receive that knowledge that mm. spirit wants to impart to them in those moments. And so for them, it's a party trick and a, a passing that just is like, and that for me, like breaks my heart is like, because, you know, like I don't need, I don't need, you shouldn't need to be hallucinating or like being in some sort of altered state in order for you to be connected to God. And if that's the case, there's something there that you need to address. Like my, the, my friends in AA would say, like, if you can take it or leave it, sure, take it. But if you can't leave it, don't take it. Oh, that's really cool. I, um, I was fascinated by the insights that Abraham Hicks opened mm. with regards to recreational drug use. Mm. And they really had this really clear concept that basically it helped you. It could give you, it was like you believed it gave you permission to step into a state of allowing. <sighs> Which was really cool. I really like that. It's like, oh yes! Like they believe, like they believe that's going to give them that trust. Mm-hmm. But what they were saying is the trust's already there. That's just a device that got you there. Mm-hmm. That thought was really fascinating. Yeah. I also just want to say, like, I wasn't meaning to be somewhat um, pretentious in the things, the, the believing that I think I've got. Like, you know, like sometimes... I don't think you've got it figured out, if that's what you yeah. think. You know, like, I, I, I do think that um, spiritual practice and the years you put in do make a difference. But no, it doesn't, 100. It doesn't make me better than anyone. I just want to get that clear. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think that. Like, let's... Well, here's the thing. There's I like, saw that. I saw that. But people might not see that. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, um, it's going to be on the second episode, the one where I just, like, talk shit about you the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, where, it's actually where me and Megan Watterson are going to get back on the line and just talk shit about you. By oh the way, God. I have such a crush on her. Like, like. Well, if there was ever one woman that made me straight, that would be the woman. Oh my God! Right. I I did did consider it. Like there was definitely a moment we we really were like, whoa, what is this? She uh, like she gives me the vibe of thing with gay men. Like you might know that. Like all of her brothers mm. and cousins are all gay men so she has the, this thing she's a fruit fly and she's like scorpio 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 you know? she's a triple scorpio the quintuplet i think something else is in scorpio i was like yeah no wonder we get along so well yes she sets uh, eggs basically at 100 percent like bible under her arm <laughs> Listen, she and I were talking about, I almost went to a union seminary. So like we, like we were like this close to crossing paths. Mm. Um, but like talking to her about her seminary experience and comparing notes with my seminary experience was the most, the greatest feeling of solidarity I've had in school. And I'm so fucking glad to be done <laughs> because, um, I don't know. I'm just so ready to stop. Uh, I'm one of those people I love, I love what the church has given me. I'm just not really concerned with like its continuation sometimes. Mm. I'm, I'm more interested in like helping create practices outside of that. Um, which is why I think things like expanding. How's the new age? <laughs> <laughs> don't, t- don't call me that. I can't. Come to I can't. the new age. <laughs> no, here's the thing. Just like I came out to my mom as gay once, but to come out to her as someone who doesn't believe that the Bible is literal, that might be a different story now. <laughs> I'm just oh, I'm just kidding. So it's funny is like like my my mom doesn't even like 
acknowledge half the shit I do. To like to her, it's just like, oh, Kevin, you're doing good. Oh, I'm so glad that you're helping people. And I'm like, thanks, mom. <laughs> and that's I just leave it at that. And that, like, let me ask you that. What's your relationship with like with your family? Like, my mom's upstairs. Hi, mom. She might not be able to hear you. The door's closed. My mother was upstairs. My mom, when we knew that there was going to be a lockdown at this time, mm. my mom came for her birthday weekend. Like, so that's kind of like, that mm-hmm. might give you an indication of our relationship. It's very close. Mm-hmm. Uh, she works for me. She's one of my... Oh, rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, so she came for the weekend and has been here now for seven weeks in my home, which is fun. So yeah, we are very close. I'm also close to my father. My parents were divorced so Mm -hmm. yeah very very good good family relationship Mm -hmm. uh yeah i don't think there's there's not necessarily my my parents both like believe fully in what i do and -hmm. i think it's also because there's been demonstrations like over the years they've seen me like on stage Mm -hmm. like spooky things so there's spooky things yeah so there's not really a hesitation in that and I think my mom's like the the biggest fan. Mm. She, is, she does a practice and she has a, her own practice and her own cards and all that. That's stuff. fucking dope. Yeah, my dad's covered in angel tattoos, so it might help you. Like, yeah, like they're fully into uh, That's rock and roll. Mm. Like I, I come home and like, you know, I'm the, the least bit femme in my family. And it's just like, that's Uncle Kevin. He's a little bit different now. <laughs> do they have the accent too that's funny Some, oh well yeah my, my cousins all of them live in Tennessee and I love my cousins don't get me wrong and also there are certain things that we just have an agreement we do not talk about when we go home if we do not want to fact and okay. it breaks my heart a little bit because that's the price I have to pay in order to be around my family sometimes like the price of admission is I have to shut down a little bit of like i have to turn off my like my caro meter it's like you said something racist (sighs) not the time to do this right now not in front of your children because you're gonna fight and that's not gonna help anyone it's really it is really difficult in these circumstances and i always just step i always put it into this point perspective that we don't always have to be in front line you know like Mm -hmm. You just can't be on the front line all the time. Like you can't be, it just, yeah. it would be detrimental to your soul, you know, just to constantly be in the fight. You know, sometimes you have to step back mm-hmm. and, and, and what I always do is if, if there's a point where I feel like, goodness, this is a really big teaching moment. How am I going to deal with this? I always ask the universe, mm-hmm. which is what I call God, you know, come on. I always say, thank you for finding a new way to get this message clear to this person. Mm-hmm. You know? And so sometimes we're not yeah. always the way. And, and, and I think the big part of us that can be challenged by that is this part of us that also wants to stand in solidarity with people mm-hmm. who really need that, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I completely hear you. I think that it's a big, big journey. It's mm-hmm. a big, big journey. Yeah. Something one of my teachers told me was you have to recognize that um, you are like your family is too close to the portrait of you. Like they, they see, they have this idea of who, like they haven't stepped back far enough to see your whole picture mm-hmm. because in their mind you're age one through 18. And that's like the picture that they can focus on. That's the picture that they know and informs them. So 
to realize that sometimes it's going to take somebody else. Well, I'll tell you the truth. Like, um, my relationship with my father is good now, but it's not always been an easy one. Mm. And it's nothing to do with like sexuality or spirituality. It was just more money. You know, like mm. I am very affluent and I've created a very affluent lifestyle. And that for my dad, who's like a fireman and, mm. you know, firemen are radically underpaid, about 60,000 less than a fireman in the US. It's just like really interesting. Um, you know, he found it challenging that I could make his annual salary in an afternoon. Like, just like mm-hmm. things like that was really challenging for him. And it really, it took a lot of, a lot of mm-hmm. navigating. And what I found was I just was going to have to go to his space mm-hmm. to, to create a bond and a relationship. And we really have done that. Mm. You know, like my dad's more of a fighter so I was like I'm going to find activities that bring us to that level so we went axe throwing we went on mixed martial arts lessons together and like and, and, that, and we found like a co- common ground and it really healed our relationship you know I would say it's more of a friendship mm. you know but uh, that's so good it's fit. yeah you know that that was something I really navigated and I also have to just say that I never underestimate the power of a good therapist and just like speaking. 100%. Yeah. In the UK, it's actually a bit of an interesting thing. If um, people say a lot, you need therapy, like to people as an insult. And, and, and it's actually a bit of a, to, to, it's, there's something in it. Like people think having a therapist is really weird here. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've noticed that. And I'm like, yeah. wow. Whereas um, I'm all for it i'm like oh no i just totally just makes sense to me just to have like i've got an astrologer you know (laughs) yeah i've got all these different tools listen i've got my i've got my yoga teacher i've got my shaman i've got my therapist i've got my aromatherapy girl you know like so i think having all these people i love support i love help so it's mm-hmm. one thing one of my friends, Rebecca's taught me, she has a lot of like support set up in her life. And I'm like, that's so clever because it really f- holds me to be able to be of greater support to a greater picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I think so many people, this is, some, I don't know if you ran into this. There are the humans who like, they get a taste of the healing and then it's all like, I want to be a healer. I want to be the person who goes out and help everybody. And I'm just like, girl, you need to like, Yes, I want that for you too as well. And also, what about this little girl inside here? What about this little boy, this little mm-hmm. non-binary kid running inside of you? Like, well, I really love A Course in Miracles and its idea, it shares, you know, to teach us to learn. So I think sometimes you have to be the healer in, or, in, all, in order to heal. So I think that mm. uh, those people are my people, the people that just like jump on a often go on a one day course and then instantly want to be a professional mm-hmm. intuitive. Like I, I really, that's where my, I can be of best support to people. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my crowd. Like I want to help them. Like that's the people I'm drawn to. I love that. Yeah. And I think it takes, it's necessary because I think like if you, if you are the person who's down the road, I'm the one who's like, I, I've been, there's a metaphor I use. I'm just like the church, if the church is on like, <laughs> Uh, if Jesus said, like, you know, the, the one who will come after me will baptize you with fire. And I'm like, so, like, if the church is on fire, my job is getting the babies out of there as right. as it's going down. 
send them off to you. Get them, <laughs> get them, get them real saved. Yeah. <laughs> My. Is that a course, a course you've got in your hands? Yeah, I was looking. I was looking up a text because you reminded me of something. Because um, I have been, I've been on the course for 126 days, according oh, to. Wow. Dead fucking serious. This shit's changed my life. Oh, you really like it? Do you know what I think is missing from it? The feminine. I the- mean, 100%. Like, like when I, now that I've studied theosophy and like the ascended master teachings, like mm-hmm. that is a branch of it, whether people mm-hmm. realize it or not. Um, and the, the looks of things, Helen Schumann was a student of mm-hmm. um, Alice Bailey, who was like, I don't know if you've ever studied the work of Alice Bailey, but it's, her work was like really influential in uh, the creation of like a lot mm-hmm. of the teachings. But also, there's so many racist aspects of her mm-hmm. teachings, which was quite... So when I look at that book, there's this lack of the feminine. And I mm-hmm. find it really, really interesting because it was channeled by... And they don't like calling her that either. Mm-hmm. The scribe was a, a female. And I find that really interesting. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's a bridge in it. I think it was mm-hmm. a... Here's permission to come out of something into something. Yes. And that is where like, I get... So for me, it's like, it, I look at this text the same way I look at the Bible. The Bible is an inspired text. It's full of wonder. It's, it's full of wonderful things. And it's also full of a record of how people talked about God at a particular time. I don't, I also have to recognize that imperfect people will always imperfectly interpret something. Um, I was just so, looking at where you were on it. That's what I was loading. I wanted to see where you were. In my journey of self-discovery and like letting go of my anger, and uh, I think your lesson one to six, all that I I give is given to myself. It's just kind of like the interesting idea of that, in mm-hmm. order uh, to teach you how to learn. Mm-hmm. And also, like once you once you, I, I think it's what's interesting. Like random metaphor, um, I got my undergrad in music education with a minor in jazz studies, and. I did not learn how to be a good voice teacher until I started teaching voice. I did not learn how to be a good singer until I learned how to teach it. It's like you get like, I had five years of training, you know, I had done all these things and then I started teaching myself. And the moment I started teaching, like within a week, I was just like, I need to go back and redo my entire recital. Cause now I understand how to really do this. Cause I have to show someone else how to do it. Cause you lived it. Mm-hmm. And I think that is so much of like, I think, what spirituality is like what spirit is teaching me now is like teach what you know don't worry about the other things don't worry about what you do what does it say it is like if you main it's not your business to maintain your faith in your ability to do something but maintain complete trust in my ability to do it is something it was like uh a couple pages ago in the text but like that's <laughs> stuck with so I, I seriously i read this shit every day i mark it down I meditate and put the words in my heart that I may not sin against God. Hallelujah. And I read it the same way that I read the Bible. I remember why I brought it around. Cause come on, ADD, I'm proud of you today. Mm. Um, but this text, I look at it as like, anytime it uses a word like father or son of God, I can switch it in my brain like really quickly because I'm just like, Oh sure. It says that, but that's like not what the soul of the text is saying. No, 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 no. 
And for me, like it's, and this is also something funny in the clarification of terms, it says, uh, we're not concerned with clarity of language because those who seek conflict will find it, but those who th- seek uh, clarity and those who th- seek clarity will also find it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, so like, if the language is cumbersome, redo the language. So who knows, maybe that'll be a life- lifelong project and just like a new translation of the course. There's several. There's one that's all feminine as well. Let's do um, the the hipster, the Twilight version, really. Honestly. By all means, do it. I just couldn't be bothered. It looks like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do it either. Like, it's like I'm, I'm the queen of the footnote. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, let me tell you what. Like, I... My final, um, my final, um, uh, what's it called? Sermon. My final sermon that I preached in school, uh, I quoted gospel, like gospel of Thomas and gospel of Mary Magdalene was my main text that I was preaching from. Mm -hmm. Um, and didn't get shot, didn't get killed. And also like have been quoting in a course in miracles in all of my sermons for like the past six months in school. Um, but I think you're right. I think there's, there's a spiritual evolution happening. And it just gets me really excited. I know you probably have to go because it's past the hour. We have a lot of, I just, I could pick your brain for 14 ever, for sure. Um, you have a new book coming out soon-ish. You're working on that. Yeah. Give me, give me the 60 second skinny on it. Basically, I am writing a book about the Ascended Masters and I really want it. I've spent a lot of time undoing Mm -hmm. and really navigating a lot of the controversies around the Ascended Master teachings as well. So I'm Mm. really, really excited about that. And it's the most cosmic I've ever been in my writing. I'm writing about some full-on stuff. Let's get weird. Yeah, like totally getting weird and uh, taking a lot of these teachings that came from the late 1800s, start of the 1900s, and I've really consolidated them and unpacked them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been really fun. Really fun. If you've, have you ever looked into theosophy before? Not yet, but I've, I, listen, I'm about to finish up my degree. I've got nothing to do, so... Yeah, Helena Blavatsky. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of her before, but she was this incredible person, a challenging person who uh, basically influenced the new age as Mm. we know it today. She uh, brought a lot of Eastern wisdom to the West through her. She was like a vehicle Mm -hmm. and yet constantly she was um, condemned as a fraudster. And what I find really interesting is a lot of her work is actually in glass cabinets within the British Museum. So as much as everyone tried to make her out to be a fraudster, every allegation was actually undone, removed. And a hundred years after her death, mm-hmm. they, they, they said that there was, there was leaks in their, their research, so they had to remove. So it's really mm. just like fascinating uh, to look into all of that stuff. Listen. I'm thrilled. I can't and wait. she had a seance in the White House, which is really cool. Just so you know. Fuck me up. I'm ready. <laughs> I <you> am. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Who was definitely gay. I don't know if you knew that. 
Well, it was something to do with Lincoln, and all probably I don't know. I have no idea about who that person is, but um, who Abraham Lincoln is. Like I don't know much about them because it's like in America and that. Oh um, yeah, the, across the. I see. This is my American, my American uh, exceptionalism showing again. <laughs> so. Uh, dope as fuck kyle gray dude thank you so much for being on the show um and for being just truly such a kind human making spirituality accessible to a lot of people and uh being a light of embracing your faith um even though there's not a set path that looks exactly like yours what just so good if you guys out there in the world want to connect with kyle's work go to kylegray.co.uk or check him out across the internet at kyle gray uk across all the social medias and also check out his dog's instagram thor gray uk is just a cute little baby chihuahua it's the best um you can also check out the books one of them is called raise your vibration 111 practices for raising your spiritual awareness i believe it's a subtitle sorry if i butchered that um, but it's called Raise Your Vibration. Get it all the places you get books. And his latest, um, his latest Oracle deck is called the Angel Guide Oracle. And um, truly, some of the, it's just, his decks are incredible. If you're looking into getting into like, getting more in touch in your intuition, these tools are super practical. Um, I also, personally, I love the book, um, Light Warrior. Um, especially if you're coming from like, Christian land and you are looking for stories, um, that one for me, it, I mean, it set it off for me. There's so much good theology in there too, I might add. Anyways, I'm gonna stop gushing because um, that's what I do. Uh, anyways, Kyle, thanks so much for listening. For listening? I don't know if you listened to it. If you did listen to it, thank you. Um, and if you um, are ever around the US, let me buy you a drink. Yes. This is me asking you out on my podcast because that is the level of gall that I have. Slash, it's 20, it's almost 2021. Gotta shoot our shot somehow, right? Lols. Anyways, I am gonna not subject you to my um, my problems, but I will wanna tell you is that maybe keep your ears on the podcast feed because maybe this week we're just gonna be releasing a shit ton of podcasts because you know what? I've got nothing better to do, plus I'm behind on weeks of podcasts that I wanted to release. And so why not just keep releasing them because I've got the time for it, right? So tell your friends about the show, leave a five-star review, leave a rating somewhere. And if you like the show, um, tell people about it. That's one way to really help out. But another way to help out is if, if you got some extra coins, uh, maybe becoming a Patreon supporter. And what Patreon is, is an easy way for you to connect uh, with the process of making this podcast happen. Um, because again, this shit ain't free. It takes time, it takes energy, it takes money, and your support helps me pay my bills, frankly. And so um, I've been doing this uh, this kind of work um, full-time now um, with coaching and content creation. And, um, you know, when 2021 opens up, I cannot wait to be live and creating events and experiences alongside all of you. But until that time, um, oops dropped a pin until that time comes we gotta support the creatives in our life that are making the content that matters so if this matters to you and you want to see more things like it please consider becoming a supporting partner by going to patreon.com slash the kevin garcia 
I think that's everything. Come to Q. We'll see you there. It's going to be dope. Um, all that information is at qchristian.org. And I think that's it. I need to go refill my coffee cup now and get ready for my call. I love you. I hope you guys are having a great day. And until next time, please uh, drink some water, move your body in a way that feels good. If there's sunshine where you are, get outside, absorb some vitamin D, wear a mask when you are in public. God damn it. Um, the pandemic isn't over just because you're over it. Um, make sure that you are telling your family to get vaccinated when they can. Um, shake your ass a little bit and I'll see you very soon. But not really, because this is a podcast. So you'll probably hear my voice soon. But if you follow me on Instagram or across social media, then you will see me in like a photograph form. All right, I love you. This has been another episode of A Tiny Revolution. I'm Kevin Garcia, and we'll talk at you soon. Bye.